I'm Ross, a curious parent. And I'm John, an education expert. This is From the Sidelines. Bite-sized study tips to help you help them through. So, John, shall we kick off this week with uh, finding out what the fun police has been up to? <laughs> yeah, it was interesting that a few people kind of uh, mentioned that they they felt they had a similar role to me sometimes at home. So, uh, well, my role as fun police and dad and kind of, you know, all those things, yeah, it's been an interesting one. And uh, what I would say, though, to people is that the more and more I'm, I'm talking about these techniques and, and being conscious of these things and actually implement them at home myself, the easier that they are getting. So if that gives some gives some kind of confidence to people, um, then, then great. But uh, yeah, it's all been good. How are you? I'm very well. As always, excited to, to learn more about the topics that we, we're covering. Um, quite often within this, you know, we find that topics linked together. Um, yep. Some can be relatively on, on their own in terms of standalone. But I think this one today definitely links to the previous podcast, which was distributed practice. Correct. Um, and I suppose in some ways kind of takes us to the, the next level, really, with that being the strategy and this almost being a little bit of a tool that you can put in place. That's right. So this, today we're going to be talking about study planners. True. Um, yep. And as you said, it links perfectly back to distributed practice because distributed practice is almost the theory and what you should do. The study planner is, I suppose, how you do it. Yep. So that, that links perfectly on. Um, and what I would say to people is that they may have heard about study planners before or think, well, what is it? Or does it have to be something really specific? Ultimately, it can be anything like a calendar, a plan. Uh, people might might want to have a weekly planner. They might want to have a monthly planner. Uh, lots of different ways to do that. And um, one thing I'd say as well, Ross, is that don't think that it just has to be educational things you're going to put on there. You might want to put kind of sports practices, going out to the cinema, all that type of stuff. Ultimately, it's just getting organized. And I'm sure you know from your life, the more organized you can be, whether you've got a work calendar or a diary or that type of stuff, then it makes it easier for us, doesn't it? Yeah, it almost, I suppose, in, in some ways kind of creates that that element of your mind, doesn't it, in terms of organization, um, you know, often around creating to-do lists and things, which is, which is kind of a smaller scale. Um, but when we're thinking about the study planner, so this isn't technically an element that's got topics in there or subject content. Um, so how does this, in essence, help learning? Okay, well, it helps because you become more organized. Okay. And we've talked before about great study habits. An organization is certainly towards the top of anybody's list in terms of a great habit that you want your children to develop when it comes to studying. It's about organization. So if you can be organized and if you and your child can feel in control, then that's great. Um, so the way to do that is to is to kind of make sure that things are um, put on the planner that you can, again, going back to that distributed practice, you can do what we call a little and often. So little bits of maths and English and science and history and geography, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we spread those out across a week or across a month to make sure that we then don't forget anything. And that's a really nice feeling to think that the next week or the next month is planned. So I know in advance that I'm not going to get to a state where I'm going to have to cram the night before an exam because I've planned things out. So hence why I'd said it can be either a weekly planner or a monthly planner, or you might want to have a, a monthly planner that's like an overview and the weekly planner might have more detail on. So in the weekly one, you might have the exact timings. So you might talk about a Pomodoro. So we're going to do 25 minutes on Tuesday, followed by a break, followed by another 25 minutes. You know, we might do maths and they might do science. Whereas your monthly planner might just have the name of the subject on to at least know that you're kind of distributing that across the month. But the weekly one, I would suggest, has a bit more detail. And you mentioned just before that about including um, elements on there that are 
outside of mm. the education aspects, if you like. So things that might be, you know, done in, in terms of hobbies, interests, things such as that. Why is that? Why do you feel that's important? Uh, it's important for two reasons. One, to make sure that you have that regular dose of exercise yeah. um, and all the other things that you kind of like doing around that. So it's not just that we have to suddenly forget our lives and, and, and kind of dedicate ourselves completely to study, but also it builds in those rewards um, and, and, and things that you can look forward to. So as a, as a child, if you're looking for, you know, you're going to do two or three sessions, two or three Pomodoros of maths or science or English, knowing that at eight o'clock your favorite TV program's on. Mm. So that's nice to look forward to rather than, oh, I'm doing all this tonight. Well, actually, yeah, we're doing it for, you know, an hour and a half to start with, but then actually there's a reward on the horizon, which is your favorite TV program. Or it might be that you're going to go for a walk, or it might be that you're going to go out to to, to gymnastics club, swimming club, football club, whatever it is you're going to. So having those things in, make sure that everything is organized. And again, that's what we would want in our lives. You know, we want to be organized. You want to put, you know, you probably put in in your life, you probably put things of, outside of your work life, you know, someone's birthday, or don't forget that, or I'm going to meet someone, or I'm going for dinner. Those things we put in as well to actually feel completely organized rather than things creeping up on us and catching us out because we haven't planned for them. I suppose in some ways it links to that habit stacking thing as well. Mm -hmm. If it's something that you you do kind of regularly, yeah. um, that you can attach your habit in this mm -hmm. case, you know, the studying habit in, into that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it might even be that people might want to, to go to that level of detail and have yeah. a daily planner yeah. and a weekly one and then a monthly one, and almost have that three stage where we get down to real fine granular detail on the, on the daily one, where we attach those studies, those new habits to, to pre-existing ones. So that stuff can be really useful as well. So again, however people want to use these planners to organize themselves, um, we're just giving the kind of the overview and the theory to say, listen, it's a really, really good idea. See, you know, see how you get on yourself. Yeah, and, and you mentioned about how we use them. So let's take a, a step back. So for anybody listening and watching this, how do we create a good study study planner? And then the second part of this is, in a digital age, can it be digital? Does it need to be physical? Is there a difference between between both of those or an, or an advantage to one as such? Okay, so the first part you said, how do we create it? So yep. I would, uh, you can do one of two things. And I, I suppose I want to cross into your second question here as well. You can either print or download a planner and actually, Collins, uh, our our um, our key support partner, have got a great one on their website. And I think what we'll try and do is we'll link in the uh, in the show notes yeah. a link to that, or people can just Google Collins Revision uh, re 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 Revision Planner, and they'll be able to find it. So you can download ones that are already are already pre created for you, so you can kind of fill them in, or you can literally create one yourself. You know, get a bit of paper you know, create a calendar or download a, 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 a picture of a, a calendar for the month, yeah. whatever you want to do. Once you've got that template, um, then start to fill in those subjects, okay? Um, and start to fill in those things that, that, that are on every day or every night or whatever you want to do, 25 minutes here. Now, I said I was going to cross into the second part of your question because we can also do this digitally, okay? So you don't have to print it. You might say, well, I haven't got a printer in the house, so I, I don't want to print it or where's it going to go? Or, I don't like printing things. Well, actually, you can do it online. So you might want to use a calendar that you already have. So it might be as a, as a parent, you might already have something like a calendar, like an Outlook calendar or a Google, you know, a Google calendar that you might think, okay, I've already got that. I can add things in here. I can change the colors. You know, I can add it in a different color. I can have a different color for every subject of the, for, for, my, for my son or my daughter. So you can sit with your son or daughter and work through this together and either do it in, do it analog on paper or do it digitally. Now you mentioned there about which ones are best. Because parents might be thinking, okay, well, is a digital one better than a, than, a, than, a, than a paper one? Again, pros and cons, everything. A paper one and an analog one, I think, is really, really good for 
a communal kind of buy-in. And yeah. what I mean by that is it can be stuck on the fridge yeah. or on the cupboard or on the door or, or on, the, on the on the bedroom wall. And everyone can see it. So you can see it. You know what's happening today. You can then say, right, hang on, you know, what, what are you studying tonight or what have we planned tonight? Rather than being told, oh, no, 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 there's nothing on tonight. Okay, really? I know it's maths tonight and I know it's science. Why haven't you started yet? We said we we're going to do it at five o'clock. It's now 10 past. So you can keep a track on things. Um, and it makes it very visual. And I think as well, once you once you literally pin it up on the wall somewhere, it's almost like a, it feels like a commitment, doesn't it? Yeah. We are committing yeah. together to do this. So that, again, there's a bit of motivation there that it's publicly displayed and we're committing to it. The other side of that then is, so why might a digital one be better or worse? Well, a digital one, in my opinion, might be worse because you might not be able to see it. If the calendar is an app or something on, on your son or daughter's phone, that they know what's on tonight, but you have to ask them or you have to say, are you sure you haven't got anything on tonight? You can quite easily be led down the garden path a little bit. Where, oh, no, 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 oh, I've changed it now. Or hang on a second, that's not, what we, that's not what we agreed to. So you might not see that. But the upside of that is that it can be changed very easily. It can be edited. You can use different colors. You can put icons in. You can add attachments. You can, you know, all those different things. So the, the, the flexibility of it is really, really great. You can obviously sync it between computer, phone, laptop, iPad, whatever, you know, all that kind of stuff. You can have maybe multiple logins for it. So you can, you can have a shared calendar across the family. Ultimately, whatever you see fit, but the, the message here is be organized, use one, get your child to kind of plan with you potentially their time and distribute their practice, whether that's digital, whether that's paper, or whether it's even both, Ross. Mm. It might be that the digital one's great, but we're also going to have a paper one yeah. because actually we want it in the kitchen. Yeah. I want to see what's happening today. I want And I want to feel organized. And lots of parents and families listening might like the fact of having that calendar stuck somewhere saying what's happening. It's the same idea, isn't it? Everyone knows what's happening. We know what's happening. We know when we're going to make tea for because actually you're going to football at six o'clock, but you're doing your science at eight o'clock. So we're going to have tea at five yeah. o'clock and all those type of things. And I'm sure, you know, when you're two get a little bit older, you will, uh, you'll be right in that. We've, you know, we've already got it. I think about kind of how it's applied just as general parenting, you know, we, we do have, we have a calendar in the kitchen. It explains everything. And we've tried the digital one. It doesn't work. We miss stuff off it. Whereas having the physical one there, you kind of see it and you, and you understand what's, what's happening at each point. And the other thing I'm starting to spot, tell me if I'm wrong, is a lot of these kind of hacks, these study bites that you're providing us with, they're mainly there to ensure that the time that the young person is studying is the most productive. Mm -hmm. So for example, even with this one, the fact that we know it's Tuesday and Tuesday evening is English yep. means that we take any discussion out of that, doesn't it? It means that that part of it is already done, it's sealed, and we're on to English when it comes to that point in time. Everything else then that we've mentioned around the side in, in previous episodes around managing distractions, etc., play their part in it, and it all culminates in making sure that period of time is the most effective. 100%. And I've been in this situation more times than I would, count, yeah. we would care to recount yeah. that actually when you have to as awful as it sounds, negotiate yeah. with your child that it might be a good time to do some work tonight. You spend, as you say, half that time battling over yes or no. And what it's going to be. Well, the next part, well, once you've got part past yes, yeah. if you get to yes, yeah. is then what it's going to be. And then that's about, oh, no, I don't do that. No, no, no. Yeah. Actually, take that away, like you said, have it pre-planned, have it understood, and we can just get moving pretty quickly. Yeah. And we can then be far more productive and efficient with our time, which is, ultimately what we all want don't we? we want to do we want to have the most output 
for the least kind of you know time that we do. So you know, let's be let's be organised. And, and just just pulling it back again, final kind of piece. Uh, we think about at school. You know, we don't rock up on a Monday morning wondering what lesson we're going to get for that, that time and then for the rest of the day. Do we have the planner in terms of the timetable that says exactly what's happening? So you know, children in terms of if you've got parents and carers and champions of young people out there thinking, how do I make this work? Why would this work? Ultimately, that's the mindset of every young person you know, within school in, in the country. Of course it is. We're all creatures of habit. Yeah. We like routine. We like to yeah. know what's coming, when it's coming, what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like, et cetera, et cetera. And as you rightly said, if your if your children are secondary school age, especially, they already have their lives dictated hour by hour yeah. every single day, apart from the weekends, mm-hmm. Monday to Friday, they are told where to be, when to be, and what they're doing. So this is just a natural... Um, addition to that that they would already be comfortable with and they might I say might they might even thank you for it that's a nice thought isn't it that's a nice thought a little bit of a thank you at the end there um yeah we've we've mentioned this before uh, as part of the the podcast but we absolutely would love you to share wherever possible your study planners I think this is Probably one of the most shareable uh, kind of pieces of content that we could be doing. You know, whether it's stuck on the fridge, whether it's uh, stuck on the bedroom wall, whether it's done on paper, however it's done digitally, physically, it'd be great to see that so that we can we can share that further afield and we can see that, which I know is the case, all the tips that you're giving are working and making a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, it'd be lovely to see them. Um, and also some little stories maybe for yeah. how it's improved and how it's maybe improved people's organisation, confidence, feelings of control, um, and not having that last minute cramming before uh, tests, exams, assessments, whatever it may be. Yeah. And, and and finally on that one, if you would like some further kind of help around this, obviously we've got the infographics as well that you can use that will take step by step in terms of creating this. Um, the short video, the one minute short video as well. Um, and feel free to, to ask questions as well in terms of using social channels and, 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 uh, and engagement on that way. So, Thanks very much, John. Uh, it's been a, it's been a pleasure again, as You're always. Uh, look forward to seeing yourself and yourself very soon. <laughs>